It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Coming up on this special edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast, two big news stories. One involving a current defensive end for the Washington Commanders and one involving a former and now retired member of the Washington Commanders as well. That's next, right here on a special edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everybody. Welcome aboard. Good to have you with us on this uh, Friday afternoon as we record this. We welcome you in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day, and we do mean every day, we're off to a roaring start. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, uh, including YouTube and Odyssey. And we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. And if you love our podcast, love this even more. Now you can watch the Locked On Commanders podcast on the WUSA 9 Plus app. WUSA 9, your CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C. Our partners, they have a new streaming app that's a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. Download the WUSA 9 Plus app now from Roku or Amazon Fire TV Stick. I'm Chris Russell, the Rooster, one half of the Russell and Medhurst Show on the Team 980. You can find Pete Medhurst and myself there uh, pretty much every Monday through Friday from 9 to noon. Occasionally, Pete has to work a different shift on the Team 980, the Odyssey app, 1067HD2, and the Team 980.com. Meanwhile, my partner, David Harrison, he is covering the Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Check him out, SI.com, and as well, uh, all over the place on Tampa Bay Buccaneers coverage uh, as well. David will be back with us from Command Central, Commander's headquarters on Saturday as training camp resumes and rounds out, actually, its final week. When we're not here or there, you can follow us on Twitter at dharrison82 for David, at russellmania621 for me, at Commanders for the podcast. This bonus episode of Locked on Commanders is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find out all of the, your favorite sports events and information at your number one online source. It's BetOnline.net. You need info on Major League Baseball, the trade deadline, who's going where, and how that might affect how you lay down some money. Check it all out at Bet Online. Also, NFL preseason underway. You can already get in on some of the action on that, and of course, props and over-unders and everything in between, whatever you might need, in-game, eSports, even golf, they have it all for you at betonline.net. Head to BetOnline today, use your mobile device, uh, and learn about all the action happening. Check them out at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we'll attack two huge news items on this 
Um, again, bonus episode. We're not going to go the full length. We're just going to give you the details. We're going to uh, give you a little bit of context and nuance, and then David and I will have a little bit more reaction on Saturday after training camp practice, again, in Ashburn, Virginia. But Chase Young has been ruled out for at least the season opener against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That according to head coach Ron Rivera. But it's not just ending there. It could be much more on top of that. So let's uh, set the timeline. We know on Tuesday, Ron Rivera made a surprise announcement saying, hey, you know what? Uh, Chase Young is probably the furthest away out of anybody. And he certainly spread some doubt on whether Chase Young would be available for week one of the season, although he didn't really go too, too far. On Friday morning, the Sports Junkies, 106.7 The Fam, uh, which, you know, is a station that I've been affiliated with and have worked for for a number of years, uh, and, and even though I mostly work for the Team 980 right now, uh, we are co-owned. We're on the same floor. Uh, we're in studios next door to each other, just for uh, context. They had Ron Rivera on. And basically, Rivera said, while he wouldn't go as far as he did ultimately a little bit later on, he basically strongly indicated that Chase Young was not going to be available for the start of the season. So that was a little bit more context to what he said on Tuesday. Then, after practice on Friday, Rivera said, hey, basically, he's going to be out for Jacksonville, and again, likely more. He said, quote, well, I don't think there's a fair timetable. He'll probably start off on PUP into the regular season, active pup. It's unfortunate, but it was a serious injury. Obviously, with the surgery, he's doing everything he's supposed to do. He's on time. He's where the doctors think he should be. As he gets better and better, we can update you. But right now, he's right where he needs to be. Then he was asked about the pup rules in season. And, again, the reason for that is because the pup rules have changed all the – again, uh, and, and the IR rules keep changing, and the practice squad rules keep changing, and the NFL rules keep changing in and out of COVID. And he said, quote, I believe it's six. We'll see how it all goes. Well, we'll clarify that in just a second because Ron was under the impression that I was under the old rules that the season pup list – was six games. Again, clarity coming on that in just a moment. Again, he was asked further, hey, are you expecting him to start the year on pup? He said, going into the season, yes, he will not play the first game, meaning Jacksonville. I'm going to put it that way. I'm not going to say he's going to start on pup. He will not be ready for the first game. But he was, he answered that he, going into the season, yes, he, he, he'll be on pup. I don't know. Ron kind of talks all over the place, but he is confirming 100% that Chase Young is not going to play against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's not totally confirming that he'll start on Pup, although he did kind of mention, again, that it's certainly a possibility and that he could and might and very well could. Uh, on the evaluation process. He said that evaluation was very good. Young man's done a hell of a job uh, to get himself where he is today. The doctors are very pleased with where he is today. Everything is going about as good as we can expect, and we'll see. All right, so Ron kind of hesitating there, you know, towards the end, backing off, realizing that people are pressing for information. They want hard timelines. He doesn't have one, but he is willing to say, that he's out for the year now. He's on preseason pup, which means you could technically switch him to reserve pup. It's called active pup now. It could be reserve pup once the season starts. But 
Here are the new rules, according to The Athletic. A player can receive this designation if he's still on the active pup list, again, what Chase Young is currently on, by the time teams cut training camp rosters down to 80 players, which is before, of course, the Big 53 and is on August 23rd this year. A player doesn't count toward the roster limit once shifted to the reserve pup list. Teams have until the rosters are cut down to 53, which is, again, on August 30th this year, to move a player to reserve pup. Okay, so that, again, he can be moved as early as August 23rd, as late as August 30th, doesn't count uh, on the roster uh, once he gets officially moved. However, here's the, the aside. The player has to remain on the reserve pup list for at least the first four games, regular season games, which they note October 3rd or 4th this season, which is new this season. So that's the rule change that Ron Rivera wasn't quite sure on, and quite honestly, I wasn't either. I hadn't heard this. I don't remember it. Uh, so many things go on during the offseason. You just can't track everything. I had not heard that they went from six games to four games, but that's what the Athletic is reporting, and that's what others are thinking now, too. So six games to four games on the reserve pup list. Once a player leaves the reserve pup list, he has up to 21 days to return to the 53-man roster. He can practice with the team uh, until he's taken off the list. If the player still isn't able to play in games after the 21-day span, he'll stay on the reserve pup list for the rest of the season. So basically... Even if he goes on the pup list, misses the four games, misses Jacksonville, Detroit, Philadelphia, Dallas, not a guarantee that he would absolutely return for week five against Tennessee or even week six, theoretically, against Chicago. He would have a 21-day window in which to be activated or stay on reserve pup and then be done for the season. Okay? So, again, he's got to miss four games when you put him on the reserve pup list as opposed to the active pup list, which is what he's on right now. You don't have to do that until August 30th, okay? Now, under that scenario, if he does that, he doesn't count on the 53, but he also can't practice. Again, cannot practice at all during the month of August. Never mind playing any pre He's not playing any preseason games. And he can't practice when he's on the pup list, okay? So he would only be able to then practice after week four. Again, keep that in mind. Now, when a player is put on injured reserve to start the year, right, um, there are different rules for that. So basically last year, you had to miss three games. You had to be carried on the active 53, then put on the IR so teams can't stash. So here's what the Athletic says in their breakdown of the pup list and IR and all that stuff. What's the difference between the reserve pup and injured reserve? It says, a player who lands on injured reserve can also return after four games. Again, remember the same timeline now, four games, four games, which the league changed this offseason from three games to four games. An IR designation can occur after the start of training camp and at any point through the, throughout the regular season and postseason. Active pup list designations only occur before the start of training camp. Teams are allowed to have eight players return to the 53-man roster from IR starting this season. Last year, teams had an unlimited number of players that could return off of IR due to COVID-19 protocols. A player is allowed to return from injured reserve a maximum of twice in a season. But each return would count against the eight-player alignment allotment. So 
It goes from three games to four games, and on top of that, now you have a maximum of eight returns. But a player can also now go on it twice. Last year, remember with Curtis Samuel, he went on it to start the regular season, but then they couldn't put him put him on it a second time, as Ron constantly explained, because of the rules then in place preventing just one designation of an IR with return. So, again, now you have different rules across the board. You have only eight that can return. A player can go on twice, but what they can do is starting August 31st, a team can designate a player to return later in the season off of injured reserve, but the reinstatement may occur, uh, according to The Athletic, in the last five weeks of the regular season through the postseason. So uh, I'm not sure how that differentiates from the eight, but I'll have to do some digging, quite honestly, on that. I believe uh, that if a player is headed towards IR or has to be counted on IR or is placed on IR before the cut down to 53, they have to be carried through that roster cut down and then put on IR or counted as part of the 53. It's not like you can just stash, you know, again, and you wouldn't do this because you have a limited amount. You wouldn't stash one or two or three players that maybe you want to keep and not expose to waivers on IR because that's going to, again, knock them out for the early part of the season, also count as your maximum allotment. So that's the story uh, on Chase Young. So my guess would be, this is my guess, okay, This is my guess, that Chase Young is either going to open up on IR, miss four games, and then come back as one of the eight to return after week four. However, the pup list will be a possibility. Again, he would have to miss four games, but he can't practice until after that, and he can't practice at all in August. So to me, that is a less realistic option than any other option, right? Got to be able to practice so you can see. Now, again, you do have a 21-day window, but that wouldn't be enacted under the way the rules are written now until after the four-game absence. Again, so my train of thought is put him on IR, uh, or you could carry him on your roster as part of the 53, no IR, no pup. He can practice. He just wouldn't play on game days assuming that he's ready to practice. Again, it all depends on when he's available to practice. Now, one other quick note about this. If Chase Young is in the mind of Al Bellamy, the new head athletic trainer, and the doctors not going to be ready to go until November 1st, you would put him on the season pup list because he wouldn't practice in August, right? I guess he could practice at some point in uh, mid-October, early to mid-October. But you would put him, I would presume, on the pup list to preserve one of your eight IR return spots. Again, this is very, very, very confusing, twisted. The NFL changes the rules just about every year. Uh, and I think I have them straight, but I'm not 100% sure. And I'm obviously, again, thanks to the Athletic uh, for providing some clarity on that. All right. So that puts that aside. Chase Young ruled out for game one at least. And we'll see where we go from here. Now, again, if he returns to practice at any point during camp or before the season, that means he cannot go on that inactive or that, um, you know, that um, the the um, the pup list that, again, would knock him out 
uh, for the first four games. All right. The other big news story uh, that we have for you here is a little bit of a surprise. I was kind of wondering where we were at. I kind of thought it would last longer in the training camp. Um, had heard some buzz about this, but wasn't sure. Ryan Kerrigan has decided to retire as the franchise's all-time sack leader and after one year with the Philadelphia Eagles. Kerrigan, the number 16 overall pick in 2011, signed a one-day contract to retire with the Burgundy and Gold uh, on Friday after spending 10 years, 95 and a half sacks in Washington. What did he do with the Eagles? Well, not much until their playoff loss against Tampa. Remember, he started that game because of injury. I can't remember to who. Uh, but he wound up with one and a half sacks of Tom Brady, three tackles, and two tackles for loss. Now, he wasn't going against uh, their right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, but still, pretty impressive performance in what turns out to be, unless he unretires, Ryan Kerrigan's final game in the NFL. Now, as far as Ryan Kerrigan and how this kind of went down, he signed a one-day contract with the Washington Commanders and issued a statement. He's going to meet with the media on Saturday morning at Command Central. Uh, so we'll get more from him in terms of the timeline there. But he said, quote, sometimes I think about the life that I've been able to live because of football, and I can't believe it's me that's been chosen to live it. Uh, that's so Ryan Kerrigan, one of the most humble people you're ever going to meet. Uh, no matter how long I played, no matter how focused I was on the task at hand, I never lost sight of how cool it is to be an NFL player. Pulling up to FedEx Field on game day and seeing so many people there in my jersey was just about as cool as it gets. And to have the success that I was able to have, <laughs> something I was never able in my wildest dreams could have uh, that I could have envisioned. To say I'm thankful would be quite an understatement. While I'm thankful for the amazing times and memories I was able to have as a player, I'm equally thankful to now have the wisdom and courage to walk away. We all eventually come to an end of our playing days, and that time is now for me. There's no way I could have had the career without my family. He goes on to thank his wife, Jessica, his three daughters, um, you know, his family, uh, his siblings. Um, you know, some of these people I met way back early in his career in 2011, kid from Indianapolis. Uh, and that was where I think his second preseason game was in his rookie year. Uh, and I got to go and cover that game and interview Ryan that day on the field and uh, be a part of that. He uh, also thanked the Snyder family for allowing him to don the burgundy and gold for an entire decade. He said the relationship to make along the way in the NFL journey uh, makes it so special. Teammates, coaches, and all the support staff members that had become some of my best friends and the time I was able to share with them made going to work, and he put that in quotes, every day something I cherished. And to my beloved Washington fans, you guys made my NFL experience amazing. I felt at home in the DMV from day one, whether it was cheering for me on game days, supporting my philanthropic endeavors, or just saying hi at the grocery store. You made me feel like one of your own. I'm proud to call D.C. home, and I'm so thankful that I was drafted here because of the way you've treated me and my family. I love you guys forever. Hail HBK, Ryan Kerrigan. I get a little emotional. Uh, I've covered Ryan since the day he walked in the door. Um, 2011, number 16 overall pick. I remember sitting down with him soon after the draft and doing about an hour-long interview and uh, he was the same guy then, humble, quiet, um, hardworking, mature, everything you would ideally want in a person. 
that he is uh, today. Congratulations, Ryan. Um, you know, it was, a, it was an honor for me to, to get to be a part, a small part of your career and cover you and get to know you and talk to you, you know, so many days and so many times and uh, watch all of your games pretty much. And, um, you know, I'm, I, 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 I wish it would have ended better here in Washington. I wish it would have ended better in Philadelphia for you. Uh, but you have nothing to be ashamed of. Ryan Kerrigan, uh, was a tremendous, uh, football player and again, the all time sack leader in Washington football history. Um, you know, Ryan Kerrigan, again, like shouldn't be judged just based on his sacks. He shouldn't be based just, just on that. 95 and a half career sacks, uh, in the regular season for Ryan Kerrigan, uh, again, puts him as the all time franchise sack leader. He wasn't always great in pass coverage or against the run. Uh, there were times where, you know, he was susceptible, uh, but he wasn't ever in, you know, of course, embarrassing by any means. Uh, and he always worked hard to get better at his shortcomings. So congratulations, Ryan. Uh, thanks for a lot of great memories. Uh, the heartbreak kid, HBK, uh, you know, the, the pose, the Shawn Michaels pose after each and every sack was so kind of out of character, but so cool. Uh, and sorry things didn't work out in terms of winning a Super Bowl here or making a Super Bowl, but he had a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant career uh, and a really, really good draft pick for the Washington uh, Commanders football team, former team name, you know what the deal is, in 2011. All right, guys, that is longer than I was planning because I talk a lot. Congratulations again to Ryan Kerrigan. Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and view each and every day. Now make your second listen and view the Locked On NFL podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep your fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from all around the league because in offseason, even though it's not the offseason anymore, training camp doesn't equal a break in the action. David and I scheduled to be back after practice on Saturday, so so make sure you check us out there as long as the football and technology gods are with us. If you want to hop in, 301-615-3577 or LockedOnWashingtonCommanders at gmail.com. Again, for David Harrison, who will return on the next episode with us, who's covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medher Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another. Congratulations, Ryan Kerrigan, and thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.